Good morning once again, Friendship Church. Good to see you this morning. Week number nine, just two more weeks left of our series, Ten for Life. Uh, that's what we've been going through the last uh, several weeks here. Uh, if they were to come and take our Bibles away from us and we had enough time to learn ten verses to keep us on our walk with the Lord, what would those ten verses be throughout the whole Bible? And we've been learning those together as a church. I'm so proud of you. You've already learned eight or I guess nine verses, right? Uh, so proud of you. And we've learned nine. We're going to say uh, our, our new one here today. Ones we've learned so far is to seek first the kingdom of God. We've learned to uh, keep our connection with the Lord because he is our rock. Uh, we learned that salvation is through faith and not works. We know to be strong and courageous because God is with us everywhere we go. Uh, what does God want us to do? He wants us to love God and love people. Love God, love people. Uh, he wants us to know that uh, we can pray for each other for healing. We talked about a personal prayer and then a corporate prayer, which, by the way, last night, thank you for those who came to our corporate prayer. We had about 20, 25 people here uh, just in the presence of the Lord praying, and we're going to do that the first Saturday of every month, dedicate the first Saturday of the month to corporate prayer to pray for each other. It was a great time. Uh, two weeks ago, Satan cannot separate you from the love of God. Now, he's going to try. But he cannot separate you from the love of God if you remain in him. And then last week we learned that we are created by God. And since God created us and he created this world, he knows the best way to navigate through, not culture, not just what we think and what we feel, uh, but God does. So we look to him for our direction, for our purpose. He created us and this world, and I am thankful for it. This week, a power verse to be sure, Acts 1 Eight. What a great, great verse. How many of you memorized it? You're ready to go? Maybe you didn't have it memorized in the ESV. Some of you have King James Version or NIV, and that's fine. Uh, but here we go in the ESV. Are you ready? Yes. All right. <laughs> here we go. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Acts 1 dot dot 8. Right? Did I say it right? Did I mess it up? To the ends of the earth. Yeah, that's why I said it right. All right, good. Uh, love this verse. Power verse, right? Love this verse. Obviously, we're going to be in Acts chapter 1 today. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. I'll get there in just a second. We'll be in Acts chapter 1. This is such a powerful verse, especially... Uh, for, for us who grew up, maybe Pentecostal, grew up in Assemblies of God uh, Church, this is, uh, this is one of our favorite verses. Um, this is a verse, really, this verse, um, this and, and then Acts 2-4, and then even if you go back to the, the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ, these 50 days, there's only 50 days between the uh, crucifixion and when uh, the day of Pentecost, when, when the Holy Spirit does fall, these 50 days really separate history, Okay. There's kind of everything before it, and then there's everything since. And one of the reasons why this is included in our 10 is because this verse sets up all of Acts, and really, therefore, the New Testament, and then therefore for all of us. And so looking at this verse is so, so important, and I want us to make sure that we realize the why for this verse. We've heard this verse over and over again, but the why for this. Some of you know that we are called evangelicals. Some of you have heard that word before. You are an evangelical. Some of you are like, well, what is, what is evangelical? 
even mean? Maybe you've even heard it on the news. Evangelicals say, da da da, da whatever. Uh, well, first of all, it's it, it simply put, it's those who um, believe in the Christian faith, that uh, Bible is scripture, and uh, that Jesus is the Son of God. So that's kind of big picture evangelical. But even uh, beyond, so that, that includes Simmons of God and Baptists and Methodists and all these guys. They're not different religions, they're different denominations, right? Um, and so, but even with a, kind of a, almost a second definition or kind of an add-on to that, is that we preach the gospel to the world, because of this verse, we preach the gospel to the world in order to convert them to Christianity. We evangelize the world, if you say, okay? Not all religions are evangelizing religions. In fact, Judaism really isn't that much of an evangelizing uh, religion. If you, if you want to be Jewish or convert to Judaism, you can. You just do these things. But uh, they don't have just crazy missionaries going everywhere to convert other people. Even back in the Old Testament, they didn't do that too much. There were some pockets of time. Of course, uh, Jonah went to Nineveh to preach the Word of God. Um, there were some spots where uh, people uh, from other nations began to follow David because he's, he served the true God. But it's not really an, an evangelizing. But us, as, as, uh, especially as Protestants as well, um, but as Christians, we want to evangelize the world, don't we? We want the world to know about Jesus Christ. So that's why that we're called evangelicals. We, we evangelize. And so where do we get our command to do that? And where and how do we get the power to be able to do that? I'm glad you asked. Those are good questions. Um, so Matthew chapter 28, I'm going I'm to get to Acts 1 in just a second. But Matthew ch- chapter 28 is where we get our command. Why are we different than other religions in that we evangelize. Even a lot of the Eastern religions, they don't really evangelize a whole lot. It's just, if you want to come, great. Uh, but we go to people. Well, why do we go to people? Well, Matthew chapter 28, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So here's Jesus, and he's telling his disciples, I want you to go out into the world. Go. Do not be one of these people that receives Christianity and I'm good. I'm just going to hang on until heaven. No, we have a job to do. We have a mission to do, and it is go out to tell people about Jesus. That's those who are close to us, those who are far, far away from us, okay? So that's, that's where we get this command to go tell other people about Jesus now, where do we get this power to do this? Well, this is in our verse, isn't it? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit here today, okay? Buckle up. We're talking about the Holy Spirit here today, which, by the way, is not like a junior member of the Godhead, by the way, okay? He's, he's God. He's just as much God, and I talked about the Trinity several weeks ago. Uh, but he's just as much God, but it, we say him last, and so some, sometimes he's like an afterthought or something. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Not a junior member. He is fully God. Um, and so we're going to talk about this. Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 1. It says, In the first book, O Theopolis, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. So the Holy Spirit was working in Jesus while he was here, okay? 
So uh, Luke is the writer of the book of Acts, and his first book was the book of anyone? Very good. Luke. Okay. So Luke wrote two books, the only Gentile writer of the Bible, and he wrote two books, two powerful books. So as Luke, um, he, he was a doctor. He traveled around with both Peter, but mostly Paul. And so how he wrote his book is, is he got firsthand witnesses of, of the events of Jesus. So you were there when he rose Lazarus? Okay, tell me about it. Okay. So he would write this. So he, he talked to firsthand witnesses, and that's one way that we can trust the book of Luke, is um, that, that he took these firsthand um, uh, witnesses there. And then he was a firsthand witness to the book of Acts. So he traveled around, and he heard the stories from Paul and Timothy and all these. And so uh, Barnabas, and so that's why we can trust this Luke. And so he's writing uh, his first book to Theopolis, and now this is his second book. He presented himself alive talking about Jesus, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So uh, not talking about it a lot today, but just to mention, there, are, there is proof for the Christian faith. There is proof that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And one of those proofs is that he appeared to many people. Some even say up to 500 people after he was resurrected, that have firsthand knowledge of, yeah, I saw him before he died, and I saw him after he died, okay? There is no YOLO, not with Jesus, okay? He lives twice. Um, so he's, he's there, and, and, and it, there is proof of that. So that's what Luke is talking about. Verse 4, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus is introducing something brand new, not seen before. He says, you have heard about John's baptism. Okay, So John's baptism, I was even a part of John's baptism, Jesus says. I was baptized under John. And that is, you go all the way underwater. We call it full immersion. You go all the way underwater, and then you come all the way back up, and you're a new person, new, new creation, basically. And you're telling the world this, okay? So and, and there's a lot of signif signification there. But some of it is because he went, he died completely, and then he rose again completely. And so that, that, that's some of the symbolic there. Um, and so you've heard of that, and you know that. And that is a baptism of repentance. Now he's going to say, now there's something else that's coming. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit... Not many days from now. So something is coming that's different. What's so important is that Jesus didn't, even his ministry did not start without the Holy Spirit. When he was baptized uh, with John's baptism, God the Father was there because he spoke. And then who descended like a dove? The Holy Spirit did. So he was anointed even by the Holy Spirit in power there. He was set apart, commissioned, empowered for service, and that's what we are. But I'll get to that in just a second, okay? And that's what we are. So, verse 6. So he's talking about something new. You know about John's baptism? I'm bringing you something new. Verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, this is the disciples talking to Jesus, they had asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons, what the Father has fixed 
by his own authority. You got to think that Jesus kind of gets tired sometimes of the disciples' questions about things that mean nothing to nobody, okay? Just all the time. I mean, it's like when your child comes up, daddy, 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 daddy. You're like, what? How many teeth does a T-Rex have? And you're like, I don't know, okay? It's just like random questions that mean nothing. Go ask your mother. She knows. I don't know. That I feel like sometimes the disciples are asking questions and Jesus is like, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about restoring Israel. That's not what I'm talking about. Sometimes we ask those questions too, but he's not bothered by us, okay? Ask your questions. Um, but they ask this question. He says, I'm not talking about that, okay? This is what I want to talk to you about. Verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses, Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. You will receive power. This power that I've been operating in, the whole time that I've been here, this Holy Spirit power that I've been operating in, you're going to have this power here pretty soon. How cool is that? You're going to have this power pretty soon, okay? And you are going to be my witnesses. What is this power even for? It's to be my witnesses everywhere you go. So you got Jerusalem. Jerusalem kind of signifies the people who are close to us, our family and our close friends. And it's to have the power to be able to boldly tell them about Christ. Do you have a brother or sister who does not know the Lord? Do you have a son or daughter? Do you have a mother or father? Do you have a close friend that that does not know about the Lord? When you receive power from the Holy Spirit, you will be able to tell them about Jesus, these close people. That's Jerusalem. Then you got Judea and Samaria. So you got kind of the the outer group that you can tell as well. So we're looking at our city, our Richmond and our Rosenberg and uh, and Katy and all the surrounding areas around here, Houston. You can even extend that to Texas and America. Uh, These people that are outside. And so we do things um, like home missions and, and, and some things. So that we can make sure that the gospel of Jesus Christ is taken everywhere. Not just our family, but when we want it taken everywhere. Then it says, to the ends of the earth. This power that I'm giving you, you're actually going to be able to touch people across nations. That's, we need to think big about this, okay? We need to think big about this. The power that I'm giving you, you're going to be able to touch nations because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we do things like missions, because we look back at our great commission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And so if you're not going to physically go, then you're going to send your prayers and your finances to make sure that the missionaries that are going have what they need to share the love of Jesus Christ. Now, why has us as Pentecostals, Assemblies of God, when I say Pentecostals, I mean, I believe that what happens in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, is for today. It wasn't just for Bible times, but it's for us here today, including all the gifts of the Spirit and all that. That's what Pentecostal means. So what happened on the day of Pentecost? Why is it that us as a symbol of God, we've only been a denomination of fellowship for 100 years, but yet we've done so much better across the world at witnessing than other denominations? Love you guys. But just saying. Because the power of the Holy Spirit. We've got the power of the Holy Spirit that is going with us. And so we have Assemblies of God missionaries in every country, every country across the world, and they are doing their part to make sure that the gospel is spread. Now, I want to make a distinction for us here today because I realize that not everybody in the room or not everybody that's watching online 
has grown up Pentecostal or Assemblies of God. Like, okay, I've heard about this uh, speaking in tongues thing, and I've heard about, okay, what, what, what's this Holy Spirit? What's this filling, and what is, exactly does that mean, okay? So I want, us to, I want us to make the distinction here so that we, everybody knows what we're talking about. John chapter 20, put that up on the screen. John chapter 20, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and this is after the resurrection, okay? After the resurrection, but before Acts 1-8, okay? So this is between resurrection, between resurrection and Acts 1-8. He's meeting with his disciples, and he says to them in verse 21, Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness of any, it is withheld. So there's a receiving of the Holy Spirit in John chapter 20, but then we also know that there is a filling or a baptizing in the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Those are separate events, different events with different meanings. Okay, So this one in John, we'll get to Acts 2 in a second, this one in John chapter 20, they receive the Holy Spirit. This is a regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. This is when you get saved, when you ask Jesus into your heart, whatever language you want to say there, when you become a Christian, a disciple of Christ, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and regenerates, or another way to say that is makes you a new creation. That's in 1 Corinthians. He makes you a new creation. You're a different person. And so I said that the resurrection was really the dividing line of history, okay? Before that, where there were sacrifices and all this, something new is happening. We've got the Holy Spirit here, okay? So you're not changed by sacrifices, you're changed by Jesus' sacrifice. And now the Holy Spirit is breathed onto you. So there's this, so when you are saved, whether you want to call yourself Assemblies of God, Baptist, Methodist, whatever it is, if you are saved, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. Because he has regenerated you. And so what that means is that every Christian, you don't have to receive the baptism that happens in Acts chapter 2 to grow in the Spirit of the Lord or the fruit of the Spirit, because the Spirit is living inside of you. So even Baptists, Methodists, Lutherans, whatever, they can grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, right? all these things, self-control. They can grow in all of these things because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us at conversion. And I say, thank you. So to a certain degree, you can tell your testimony, you can tell other people about Jesus because Christ has lived inside of you, and you can tell about that experience uh, and, and what that has done for you and who that is. But there's a separate thing coming, and it's coming in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 1 talks about it, so okay? So there's the distinction. When you are saved, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. When you are filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, like in Acts chapter 2, he fills you to overflowing, and how you know that you receive this filling is you begin to speak in other tongues. That's what happened in Acts chapter 2. Remember, the, there was a sound like a mighty rushing wind, tongues of fire stood above them, and they began to speak in different languages. In fact, the people outside who were visiting Jerusalem from all these places, they were saying, why am I hearing my language being spoken? They don't know this language, they're just Galileans or whatever. And so, and then later, Paul talks about how that this speaking in tongues is language of the angels. So this could be language, other languages, which we have seen that before, by the way. I, I have 
been to places or, or I've heard of people who have been to places and they begin to speak in tongues and someone was like, oh, I didn't know you knew French. And he was like, I don't know French, but you're speaking French. And so I was like, okay, well, I didn't know that. That's, the Holy Spirit was giving them a language to speak and he's supposed to interpret, by the way. That's, that's where that came from. Um, and so there's either another language or there's a heavenly language where we don't know the words that we're saying. Well, we never know the words we're saying, but the words are not, we don't know what is said in those words. So you see the distinction that's here? So one is of repentance, and, and, and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And then secondly, what happens in Acts chapter 2, Acts, Acts chapter 1-8, that's what he's talking about. You will receive power. That's the power they are receiving. The first thing that happens is you begin to speak in other tongues. There's other things that happen, which I'll get to. But that's the first thing that happens, Okay? And what is the power for? Now, the power over here, this regeneration, is to make you a new creation. What is this power for? This power is to be my witnesses all across the world. All across the world. That's what that power is for. That's what gave Peter the power to stand up immediately, preach one of the best sermons ever. How many came to know the Lord that day? 3,000? 5,000? 3,000 came to know the Lord that day. What a sermon, man. Come on. That is fantastic. So let me give you an example. Acts chapter 4, verse 8. What happened was is that Peter, here's one of the, so he's already spoken in tongues. One of the things that, are, that you can do through the power to bring other people to Jesus is things like healing. So Peter healed a man, and the Sanhedrin is like, what's going on here? So they bring him in to figure out what's going on. Acts chapter 4, verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people of the elders, and he begins to bring his case. But he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 13 says, now when they saw the boldness, everybody say boldness. They saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men. They were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. So this power that is, was given to Peter and John, they were able to speak boldly about Jesus Christ. And you don't have to go to Bible college to get this, by the way, because they were uh, common, uneducated men. So just the normies out there, okay, you can get this as well. This is for you. This is not just for preachers. This is for all of us to receive this power. Eight other times after this, in the book of Acts, it talks about that the person who was filled with spirit, filled with the spirit, spoke with boldness. Eight other times in Acts, it talks about this. So there is clearly, clearly power that comes from the Holy Spirit. Jesus was not lying. He said, "In just a moment, you will receive power of the Holy Spirit, and you, be, you will be able to speak boldly." The outward sign, first outward sign, is speaking in tongues, but the outward result is those coming to Christ. Those people will come to Christ. Other evidences, you'll see prophetic messages, you'll see declarations of praise, you'll see greater sensitivity to things that grieve the Holy Spirit. Deeper awareness of God's judgment of sin, comprehension of God's purposes, active use of the gifts of the Spirit. We've talked about the gifts of the Spirit, where there's acts of, of healing 
and miracles and discernment. Some of these gifts, just with this regeneration, are going to happen. So you can, if you just have this generation of the, uh, uh, regeneration of the Holy Spirit, you can perform in the gifts in terms of you can pastor a church and you can lead and you can encourage and things like that. But when we start talking about the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit, this is from Acts chapter 2. This is what we're talking about. This is where we get the power. This power is maintained by constant prayer, bold witness, growing godly character, worship, and speaking in tongues. If you have been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is not just so that you can have a cool language to pray. Okay? This is so you will have the boldness and the power in many different ways and formats, not just preaching a sermon, but in many different ways to tell other people about Jesus Christ so that they can come and know. That's what it's for. And if you have already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that needs to be maintained by constant prayer. You need to be out witnessing to people. You're growing in godly character and you're speaking in tongues. If you were filled with the Spirit years ago, months ago, and it's been an extended time since you've witnessed to someone, since you've spoken in tongues during prayer or at church, if you neglect the power of God, it will fade away. It will fade away. And so we need to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? We need to operate in that power. If we have been filled with the Holy Spirit, then we need to do this. We need to tell somebody about Jesus. We need to speak in tongues in our prayer life and even here at church. That's what this is for, to tell other people about Jesus Christ. All right, so let's finish our Acts chapter 1, okay? Let's finish our verse. i got three more verses for you, and then we're going to pray. We are going to pray, by the way. If you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we are going to pray for that here this morning, okay? But let's finish our Acts 1. Verse 9, and then... I'm sorry, and when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. That had to be crazy, right? Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he says, in scene, thank you for coming, and then he lifts himself up into the clouds. That is fantastic, okay? I have no idea what that looked like, but there you go. Verse 10, and while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So why, do, why is there some sense of urgency to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and to tell other people about Jesus? Because Jesus is coming soon. And we don't know when he's coming. He might come by the end of the day. It might be another 500 years. I have no idea. There's no way. I, I, I do not know. But there has to be some sense of urgency with us to tell other people about Jesus Christ because we do not know when he is coming back. So we get our marching orders from the Great Commission, but we get our power from this verse, Acts 1.8. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then we receive that power in Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And why do we do this? Because Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. And so this whole power 
is not just so that we can call ourselves Pentecostal and have our own little church. This power is to tell people about Jesus. Church, we've got to tell people about Jesus. What a great week to go to your neighbors and your coworkers and tell them about Jesus and invite them to church because Easter is coming up next week. This is a great week to receive the power all over again so that we can go out and tell people about Jesus. Amen? Let's do that. Can we stand this morning? We're going to go into a time of prayer. Absolutely, we're going to go into a time of prayer. And so here's what we're going to do. In just a second, if you, I want to know who I'm praying for here. So if you would like to, you're saved, that's really the only requirement, really, is to be a new person, that regeneration power, regenerating power. If you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to pray for you in just a second. I want you to come on this side, okay? And let me just say this real quick. I, maybe some of you have sought and prayed for a long, long time. I don't, I don't have the answer to why that happens sometimes. When, when I gave my life to the Lord for the last time, I like to say, gave my heart to the Lord, I began to speak in tongues just two minutes later. I was filled with the Spirit just two minutes later. My wife, the last time, the last time she gave her heart to the Lord, teenager as well, she prayed, and it was six years later that she received the baptism. I'm, I'm not, I don't know why, okay? I don't know why. What I can tell you is if you have been praying for a while, part of why this sermon is preached is because I want us to know it's not so that we can speak in tongues. It's so that we can have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us to witness to other people. So we're not seeking tongues, we're seeking the Holy Spirit and whatever the Holy Spirit brings us. So as you come forward, come with that attitude. Not the tongues, but the power of the Holy Spirit. Come with that attitude, okay? So if just in, in just a moment, we're going to pray for that. If you're here today, you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. But you've got to be honest with yourself and with us that sometimes there's, there's large extended time where you're not witnessing to someone else. You're not using the power of the Holy Spirit. And maybe there's times where there's long periods of time where you're not even speaking in tongues. And you say, I, I, I need to get back to that. I've, I've neglected the power of the Lord, and I don't, want, I don't want that to fade on me. And you say, I want to, if you want to call it rededicate, that's fine. Or a refilling. But you say, I need to make, the, I need to make that effort and to reestablish myself with the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? I want you to come on this side, all right? So that way people know what we're praying for. And if you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you want to pray for us, please come forward and help pray for us, okay? I, I have no expectation here other than I just want the presence of God. I just want the presence of God. And Lord, as, as we sung earlier, I want to make room for you to do whatever you want to do. I'm going to give opportunity here, and we're going to do what you want us to do, Lord. We want us receive. We want to receive the Holy Spirit. We want, to, we want whatever you have for us, God. So we're going to begin to pray, or they're going to begin to play. And if you would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'd like you to come and I'd like you to stand right here. We're going to pray with you in just a moment. And if you're here and you say, I want to get back into that power of the Holy Spirit. It's been too long since I've spoken in tongues. It's been too long since I've witnessed. I want you to come on this side and we'll begin to pray for you. Ready? Let's go. Let's go find a place to pray. And we're going to pray. For those who are filled with the Spirit, 
and you know how to pray, I want to invite you to as well to come forward and pray with us. But if that's you, find a place to pray. Come forward. If you say, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in other tongues, or you say, it's just been too long, I, I want to get back to witnessing using that power that God has given me. I want to provide opportunity. So if that's you, would you come forward, find a place to pray. If that's you, would you come forward? Church, begin to pray. Begin to pray even where you're at. Hallelujah, Lord. We want to seek after you this morning, Jesus. Seek after you this morning, Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord. That's what we want, God. We want the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Praise your name, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We praise your name. Help us lift up. Church, let's lift up these people to the Lord. Let's pray for these people. If you'd like to come and lay a hand on their shoulder, that's fine. Extend a hand to them and pray for them. Lord, we want your power this morning. We want your power this morning. In the name of Jesus, we want your power this morning, God. And that's what we pray for. In the name of Jesus, we pray, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 It's all right, church. You can keep praying. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence here today, God. Hallelujah. God, what you did for us this week, we say thank you. And then even after all what you did for us this week, you didn't leave us alone. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit. We thank you for the power through the Holy Spirit that we have to reach to the nations, to reach our brother, to reach our dad, to reach our, our best friend, and then also to reach the nations. God, we thank you for that power. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, God. Thank you for your presence here, Holy Spirit. Lord, we, we dare not go anywhere without your Holy Spirit. Where your Holy Spirit leads, we will follow. So I got, God, I pray that you would help us. <clears throat> Give us opportunity this week, this week to share the love of Jesus Christ. To tell someone the gospel of Jesus. That even though we were dead in our trespasses, we were dead in our sin, that you have made a way. You have made a way through the cross. Death on the cross, and then you didn't stay dead. You are alive. You are alive. And God, people need to know that. And I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we would be able to tell someone this week about the love of Jesus Christ. Uh, invite them to church Wednesday night, Sunday, so that they can feel and experience what we get every single day of our life. God, help us. Help us bring opportunities our way this week 
have, have somebody ask us what is seemingly a, a random question, but it's been ordained by God. And they think back even to this prayer right now where we say, well, he prayed that we would have opportunity. So God, I just pray that you would be with us as we go to work, as we go to school. We're in our neighborhoods. We talk to our neighbor. God, help us. Help us. Help us to share the love of Jesus Christ with others. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.